0: Hello, this is episode 237, and in it, I'm speaking with Jane Hilliard. Jane is the founding director and head designer at Tasmanian based design studio Designful. I am so excited to be bringing Jane to the podcast because she and her team have the most inspiring and fantastic way to consider and navigate your home design journey wherever you're located. Now, I first came across Designful's work uh, middle of last year, I think it was. And since then, I've been following along, really enjoying the projects that they create and also the ethos that their work is founded on. If you're wanting to design, build and renovate a sustainable home that truly reflects you, supports your lifestyle and creates a haven for you and your family and you're curious about what that might mean for your design journey itself, I think that this episode will be super helpful for you and I can't wait for you to hear what Jane has to share. My conversation with Jane is actually going to be shared across this and the next episode, so be sure to stay tuned for both. And if you'd like to grab a full transcript of this episode, plus information on the resources that we discuss, you can do that by heading to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 237. That's the numbers 237. Now let's dive in. I begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and I recognise the continuing connection to lands, waters, skies and communities. I pay my respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to Elders both past and present. If we haven't met before, I'm Amelia Lee. Based in Northern New South Wales, Australia, I'm a wife, mum and architect and I've worked in the architectural industry for over 27 years now. Having worked on over 250 projects, mainly residential family homes, as well as significantly renovating three homes of my own with my hubby, whilst our three kids were babies, toddlers, and even older, I have a personal and professional understanding of the joy, challenges, stresses, and excitement of making your family home a reality. In mid-2014, I started Undercover Architect, and it's an online business to help and teach homeowners like you how to get it right when designing, building, and renovating your family home. Undercover Architect is all about giving you access to the industry knowledge and insights you need to avoid the mistakes and dramas that can cost you thousands, tens of thousands and even hundreds of thousands of dollars and it's about levelling the playing field so that the world of renovating and building doesn't seem so mysterious and you can be the active driver in your project, navigating it with know-how and confidence. Undercover Architect helps and teaches homeowners through this podcast the website and our online courses and programs, including my flagship program, Home Method. I truly believe that when you know the questions to ask, the steps to take and the best way to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in, you can enjoy the process of building and renovating, as well as the home that you move into at the end of this ambitious journey. Consider Undercover Architect your secret ally, whoever you're working with and whatever your location, your budget or your dreams. Grab access to my free online workshop, Your Project Plan, and learn super helpful information to save time, money and stress in your Renault or new build. You can find it at undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan. That's P-R-O-J-E-C-T-P-L-A-N. Now, let's get on to the episode. Let me start by asking you a question. What does enough look like for you? What does enough home, enough stuff enough time? What does this all look like for you? Have you thought about it before? Have you thought about it as you embark on your renovation or your building journey? For many homeowners that are wanting to create their future family home, I find that it can be this battle, this battle of figuring out how much home your budget can actually afford, how much you can maximize and stretch and squeeze into what you have to spend, you know, what can actually fit on your site and what you can physically and mentally and emotionally make possible in this once in a lifetime dream that you're bringing to reality. And as humans, you know, it's natural to want more, to want to expand, to grow, to exceed our expectations. However, that whole approach, that can be a really challenging way to navigate your project journey because The thing is this, more doesn't necessarily mean better when it comes to home design and maximizing, stretching and squeezing, that doesn't necessarily deliver the best outcomes either or the most enjoyable project experience or the greatest lifestyle in and beyond your home. Now, if you're stretched so far that you have to work harder to pay for it all, or if the house is so big, it means hours and hours of, of work each week and effort to maintain, And if you're maximizing something that doesn't actually work at its core, that isn't functional, that doesn't feel great, then probably what you're doing is actually just maximizing the problems and frustrations for your everyday life. Now, you may have heard me say this before, build less and build better. Quality over quantity will improve your everyday life every time. Well, let me introduce you to Jane Hilliard because she and her team at Designful, they take this even further. Jane is the founding director and head designer at Tasmanian-based design studio Designful. She has a Bachelor of Environmental Design and she's a registered building designer. Now, Jane's aim is to create change and lessen our impact on the planet through the built environment. And it's a challenging task. Jane strives to make good design available to more people whilst practicing enoughness. And enoughness is about understanding what you need to live a happy, Healthy and reciprocal life with those around you and our environment and not taking or using more than this. Her endeavors and passion for sustainability, integration, user well-being, affordable housing and buildability have created the foundations of what Designful provides. And Jane says, "I question clients and I prompt them to really consider their lifestyle. What are their true necessities? What is enough? What are their true values? We work out the needs and the desires are for the build, together. And you'll hear Jane talk about this in more detail in our conversation and how she helps clients do this. Now, Jane and Designful take budgets very seriously and they invest time in creating concepts that address all requirements of a project, functional, financial, aesthetic and environmental. And they like to look at what can be removed to make space for the meaningful you'll hear more about how Jane developed these ideals and how you can use them yourself in your own project across this episode and across the next one as well. And what I hope, what I really hope is that it gives you permission to figure out what enoughness looks like for you so that you can create a home that truly supports the life that you want to lead in every aspect of your life. Now, as a reminder, remember that you can download a free PDF transcript of this episode, links to all the resources that we mentioned. Uh, You can get that by heading to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 237. That's the numbers 237. Well, Jane, I am super excited to have you here on the podcast. I know that the Undercover Architect community is going to love what you are about to share in our conversation. We've been uh, toing and froing over email. I've been watching your work for some time and just love your whole ethos. Can't wait to introduce this idea to the Undercover Architect community who aren't aware of you and aren't aware of Designful because I think it's going to be super exciting for them i just wondering if you can start by just sharing a little bit of information about yourself, how you got into building design, how you set up Designful, and how you, how you really sort of created this whole ethos, which I just love and we will talk more about, uh, of enoughness when it comes to home design and your work with clients.
1: Oh, sure. Thanks for having me, Amelia. Um, so I guess I got into building design um, a bit of a roundabout way. But it kind of fully makes sense to me now. So I grew up um, with a father that built everything that we, you know, needed, houses included. So Mm -hmm. often living in half-finished houses and um, cubbies and spend a lot of time uh, on boats that Dad had built, in cubbies, tree houses and things like that. So I always really appreciated these um, spaces and um, just how I felt in them and how they were put together. So that was really important in my childhood. At the end of school, I actually, I started off going to art school and doing sculpture, which is, you know, a bit different, but kind of same kind of thing, spatial thing, but realized that um, I really wanted to do something that uh, made made a difference, helped people, um, has something to do with the environment, because I really cared about that from all the time I'd spent in it and appreciated it. So I remember talking to a careers counsellor, as you do when you're younger, and they said, oh, you should, you know, look at environmental design at uni. Um, it's like, oh, okay, what does that mean? Environmental design sounded good, two things that I really was interested in. Um, worked out that's, you know, the start of architecture. <laughs> and, um, yeah, went to uni and um, did that at UTAS in Tassie. Um so I worked for a number of firms um, when I finished uni, obviously, and um, I was really lucky because I started off um, working in firms that at the time, which is a while ago now, did have a focus on sustainability. So they were, it was in the, you know, earlier days when, um, you know, it was, it, you know, sustainability has been something that's been happening in this area for a, a really long time. Passive solar design um I mean, my first job was in Far North Queensland, so it was more, much more about keeping the buildings cool rather than where I am now in Tassie, trying to keep them warm. So um, that was about designing for the climate, and um, yeah, that. So had a great experience working for different firms. All of them um, did have concern with the sustainability and the environment. Uh, but I guess something that I experienced was that. Everyone seemed very stressed. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, clients seemed stressed, mainly because of money and time, and um, the directors that I was working with seemed very stressed as well. Same kind of things about budgets and clients' expectations and things. Um, I was feeling stressed because, um, yeah, because of all of that as well. And I guess I noticed that there was um, there was a really big tension between this thing of sustainability that seemed to be uh, trying to be coming through, but then what was actually being designed and delivered to the clients or what we were trying to uh, achieve from briefs and I just thought, I just really thought, okay, there's got to be a better way. Um, There's got to be a better way to do this and that's basically where I um, started Designful and my kind of, thing going into that was that I wanted to make good design available to more people um, so that was around the idea that uh, let's see if we can do this or how about I see if I can do this in a way that isn't costing people huge amounts of money uh, that's within their means that's actually uh, achieving their their brief somewhat and, and actually getting things actually built rather than just designed and then you know, as you've talked about and things, um, being way over budget and stuff like that. So that's why I started my business Um, and it's organically grown from there, um, which has been really amazing and I feel really grateful for that um, because I feel that that's ultimately what people want. They don't want to be stressed. They want to feel um, comfortable. They want to have a good lifestyle. They want this to be a somewhat um, enjoyable uh, nurturing process. And I guess enoughness, um, I saw that as this kind of fundamental thing that you can consider to make all of those things more of a reality. You know, if we're if thinking about it enough, it's, well, what's enough for me to achieve ultimately what I need to do here? If you can do that, then all of those things around meeting, achieving budgets, um, considering time, uh, managing stress levels and things, could become come just a whole lot easier.
0: Yeah, I think, thank you for that introduction because I think it's um, it's given us a beautiful insight, you know, from that experience of your childhood where I imagine that your father was making things from pretty much what was lying around, you know, what could be really put together but done in a creative, functional way that then gave you this whole sense of place and memory and experience and that then translating through into the kind of work you want to do with homeowners but it also being something that's really personally defined. And that's what I love about this ethos of enoughness, that it it enables a homeowner, it almost gives them permission to actually figure out what does that look like for them and their family and then how can they use that as their vehicle to create the right kind of home for them. And so it's, yeah, I can't wait to share more of, of you and that idea with, with homeowners in this episode because I think it's going to liberate a lot of people to have you know you look out there and everybody's looking for how they can name their style and you know what they can put on their mood board and that kind of stuff but that simple yet it requires quite a lot of in-depth thought and investigation to really tap into authentically what that means for you it's 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 a it's a it's a really lovely pathway to start considering an alternative approach to the creation of your home so now, when I, when I actually first came across your work, it was, in the, it was in Sanctuary Magazine, which is a fantastic magazine. It was a great article and it was published, I think, middle of 2021 and it was titled Exactly Enough about a project that you'd actually completed in Northern Tasmania. And I'm going to read out because it actually opened with this beautiful paragraph that said, when was the last time you had a conversation about a home being just enough? or suiting someone's needs rather than their wants and as a nation still building some of the world's largest homes 236 236 square meters on average, and carrying the second highest rates of housing debt, just behind Switzerland, it would seem that we're not having these conversations nearly enough. And I I I remember when I read it, I thought, you know, I'm often having conversations, particularly with members of home method and with the undercover architect um, community generally, in just to really be aware of your language when you start talking about what you want for your home, because we often say, oh, I need this many bedrooms and I need this many bathrooms, and I have this ongoing joke with my kids where they'll say, I need this latest gadget or I need this, and I'm like, no, you need water, you need food, you need a roof over your head, you know, you need these, you don't need this thing, you want it. It, that's okay but let's be clear about the language that we're using about this so and I often say this to homeowners start looking at where you're using need instead of want because you'll immediately start to assess what your priorities actually are and where your language is tricking you into something it being something else so now I'd love if we can just uh, talk a little bit more about enoughness um, and how you actually sort of define enoughness when it comes to home design and building or renovating you know I spoke about 236 square meters as the average Australian home I know I see a lot of homes that are 350 400 even 500 square meters in size how how does how does enoughness feed into that idea of home design and home building for you in terms of you know thinking about just enough home and and whether that I suppose whether it starts feeling for people like a, a, almost like a stranglehold rather than a liberation. Like how how do you you know how do you sort of think about that whole idea? Sure, yeah. So
1: I think first of all, think about enoughness, it's, it's not it's not about going without. It's not about um, yes, not having, you know It's um, I guess when I'm thinking about enoughness, just forget about houses and buildings from the, at the start right? And we're thinking about um, what, and the thing is, every single person has a different uh, feeling, image, or idea of what's enough. Everyone has a different level of enoughness, right? Um, So, yeah, we start with thinking about what do you need, or asking this question, basically, what do you need to be, feel healthy and happy without taking more than your fair share? which is thinking about it in this much broader um, way. So it stems in, um, initially from thinking about values because um, I, I think that your values and how aligned you are in your life with those values, if you're living out your values, then you're going you're gonna to feel happier, right? So I think ultimately, really big picture, all, all of us want to feel happy and content with ourselves and life and everything so um one of the ways we get there is by living aligned with our values so a way that i talk with clients is let's first of all start with let's talk about your values right it's like oh that's that's a bit (laughs) this a bit personal you know that's a bit didn't think i were going to talk about that Um, luckily most people that come and talk to us kind of already know that we're into that because it's you know on our website and we talk about that a lot so a lot of people enjoy it thoroughly because it's they feel that it's a great not just a great way to start a home project but it's a great point in their life where they can consider what are we doing what what is life about for us right and the reason why I think that is connected to home so much is for a lot of us, most of us, home is this um, place that makes us feel safe, that is nurturing, that we are living out a lot of our values with the people we love and, you know, spend time with. It can be us, you know, safe place away from the rest of the world that's very demanding. So um, home is a great place to consider your values. Um, so we start with values, talking about that before... We talk at all about, even about needs and wish lists and um, rooms or tiles or things like that. And we find that that's a lovely process. It can be a little challenging for some people because they might not have ever considered it or it's just not been something they've thought about. They've been really, really too focused on, um, as you said, how many bedrooms, right? Um, That's how we start the conversation, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's... um... I think that's tremendous. You know, I'm often I'm saying to homeowners, if you have a think about why are you even doing this project in the first place? What are you seeking to achieve? Because you'll have to make tens of thousands of decisions. And if you don't have something to anchor back into beyond a real estate checklist, it's very easy to get off track very quickly and get consumed by well-meaning but misleading advice about what the ideal home is supposed to look like for you if you haven't anchored into what that actually means for, for you. So, and I, I think that it's, it, it must be really interesting because that would immediately initiate quite an intimate relationship with a client where you would get to know them at a level that a lot of architects and designers wouldn't necessarily get to know their clients until quite well into the process. It must actually be really interesting to, to see do you find that there's consistency in the clients that come to you in terms of what their values are or do you find that there's sort of red herrings get thrown in and that kind of stuff? Like how do you, how do you sort of see that? Yeah, good question.
1: Um, well, I think there are some really common themes and values that come through. Um, but it's, it's, I love the process. I love, I love that bit about understanding people and you know, where they're coming from and how they want to live. It's really, really enjoyable. Um, and, yeah, there's, look, there's a bit of variation depending on where they are in their life stage, um, depending on where they live, you know, what they, what they do for work or what their work situation is. So it really depends. So a, um, a couple, an older couple that might have had their kids and starting to, you know, slow down a bit in life, Um, will have some slightly different values or how they want to feel than the younger couple with two young kids that, um, you know, there will be some differences. But look, some of the common ones that I work with or have from clients is that they want time. Like they want time to do the things that they enjoy, um, which... Maybe their work life takes away from them, and I feel like it's take, work's taking that away from them. They want to spend time with it, have quality time with their kids. Uh, it would be things like spending time out in nature. If they're in a, a kayaker, for example, and they, want, they like to have time to do that. Um, they want to have a space. Another one is they want a space where they can um, share uh, with other people, with family and friends right so there's there's some common ones other ones are things like i want my home to feel like a really safe calm place for me so that when i come out of the busy demanding world i know that i get that recharge time so look there's i've actually found that there's some really common values that everyone kind of is wanting so which is kind of cool it's kind of good because it's it means that maybe we're on the right track here with Mm -hmm. um considering these values and then designing for them if it's something that you know there's a lot of people feeling that they that they need yeah
0: yeah no um, I I yeah I love it and I think that you know looking through your portfolio of work um, I can imagine that a lot of people would go well you know if I'm going to be designing enough home that that means that it's a smaller footprint or, you know, a sustainable home means that it's something that isn't going to have as many rooms in it and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I can imagine, you know, I I can see people saying, I can imagine that an empty nester, you know, somebody who's, building in a you know lovely natural environment they're happy just to have the one or two bedrooms and you know but how's that going to suit me with my three or four children who are growing very quickly into early you know into tweens and teenage years and they're having friends around and all of that kind of stuff do you find that there's that there's homeowners who um I suppose, just can't wrap their heads around the fact that their home might end up being under 200 square metres in size or how how do you sort of speak to homeowners who are those young families that are potentially thinking about how they're going to future-proof the growth of their kids and the growth of their family's needs and it not just to be about tiny homes or couples' retreats and second homes and, you know, places that are in great big, large open-air environments where they can... You know, their their sharing space is actually outside the house. It's not inside the house. So, how do you how do you have that sort of conversation with people?
1: Yeah, sure. So first of all, I think enoughness isn't just about size at all. You know, it's about it's about what's being put into it, um, what's inside this amount of building that you're going to build, the complexities of it, what you and what you're asking. For of it to do for you. So it's not just about size because obviously if there's a um, uh, a couple, they're gonna have a complete a completely different size um, requirement that, or, or right size than a six person family. Okay, so enoughness covers just size, right size, but also all the things that are going into it. Um, there's rooms, functions, materials, uh, fit out things um uh, aesthetics uh systems all of those things all come under this enoughness banner um so if you talk about you know people yeah might think enough is oh, really small home tiny homes um no storage because you don't have any stuff yeah that's <laughs> <not the> reality <laughs> everything's on display on open shelves right no It's not the reality. Every Um, child
0: has one toy only.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We kind of all know that that's not the reality. Look, for some people it is. Cool. That's great. But as I said, everyone's enoughness is a different box, right? Um, Yes. So the idea is that there's, look, there's a very, I think there's a huge difference between, as you said before, 300, 400, 500, which I'm just blown away by, um, to say 150 or 180 square meters. That's a huge difference, right? So, and I think enoughness, it's not about let's design the smallest home we can. That's not the goal. It's about, it's really about considering your values and that is everything that you're putting into this, is everything that you're spending money on contributing to your values? Because what I see is that there's a lot of stuff that. Uh, have people have aspirations for that they see elsewhere see other people have see in social media see in ge- the general media that they can have just because you can have it doesn't mean that you should have it because it might not be actually contributing to your values which are ultimately kind of making you happy so I see it when it, with clients with with those that kind of question it's um we're working out well what is the stuff that's contributing to your values and which is just this extra kind of stuff that you can have or you can do but doesn't mean you should right
0: (laughs) yeah yeah I I actually think that's a really great way to look at it that we because we're just bombarded with this imagery of all the things we can have I mean we've got whole economic ecosystems built on feeding us this imagery of what we can have and should apparently want in order to feel complete and so um and that that can then you can feel like you are just i have a lot of homeowners who say to me they really want to do a sustainable home they're trying their best to stay aligned to something that's simpler gives them back more time doesn't put them under as much financial stress you know of course when we're seeing the cost of construction moving you know it can there's this sort of tension of how do we make sure that we're still getting a really high quality home that's going to be um, long lasting and durable for us and and yet they're just um they'll have families that will say, well, you know, you're only going to do this once. Shouldn't you like, what happens when people come to stay, you know, don't you want the guest bedroom because you don't want the inconvenience of, you know, don't you want people to be comfortable when they come around to visit you? And, you know, there's this whole, I I see what it takes homeowners to stay true to this. Um, And it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of tenacity and, Uh, that groundedness in yourself and your values so I can imagine having a a designer working with you who's who's there you know helping you remember look this is what we're doing this is why we're doing it this is the conversation we had at the beginning this is how we stay in alignment with that Um, and helping you feel supported in staying true to that would be incredibly helpful and empowering because it's not What is out there in the mainstream for for most people's experience and it's very easy to get off course very quickly and think that just in case you know whilst we're here you know we might as well let's just do this and add it in. I'm really I'd love to just dig a bit more into that conversation about your fair share because this is something that I think may be confronting for some people to think about and i know that it's something that i am really um particularly as my kids get older and they start to question i mean they look around at how there are a lot of the things that me in my late 40s you know i'm 50 next year you you don't realize you know they say that the fish is the last one to realize they're in the water you know you don't realize all these things that you've accepted as the status quo until you've got an 11 12 13 14 year old sort of questioning you why on earth is it like that <laughs> you know <laughs> what is what is that about and and um and you're defending these things that then you just realize how how stereotypical they are, and you know all of these these assumptions that you've made. I I would love this you to talk more about this concept of your fair share, because a lot of people would go, well, hang on, I'm doing this once. I deserve this. I've worked hard for my money. This is my chance. I've waited a long time. We've lived in crappy houses, you know. I've dreamed about this for such a long time. What do you mean my fair share? Yes, of course, I believe in sustainability. Of course, I want a home that, that improves the planet. I have kids. I want to leave them a the future, you know, that kind of stuff. But we deserve a great home. Like how, how do you see that tension sit with people and, and, and it not feel like this sort of judgment of, well, if you really want a sustainable home, come on, you know, how, how, do, you, how do you work with clients <laughs> in that way?
1: Yeah, look, it's totally, it is confronting. It, that idea for I think all of us is is confronting and it doesn't make us feel that great, right? Um, but I don't think it can be like, it doesn't have to be like that. So I think enoughness is good for you as an individual because it means, you know, you're basically... Um, putting your energy and resources into the meaningful things, kind of cutting out all the rest, the guff that isn't really that important, right? So it's good for us as an individual, but it's also really good for everything else around us, other people, society and the planet, right? Um, I guess in Australia we're considered uh, to be part of the global north, even though we're not, not really in the northern hemisphere. It's like basically if we can... Um, think about the rich countries right um and the reality is that uh in australia america we are consuming uh, i'm not amazing with statistics but you get the gist that we're consuming about like five planets worth of resources per year when there are other people um in the world that literally don't have clean water to drink So I think we have to, I think it's about, I think, you know, seriously, right now, I think it's time that we really acknowledge that. And um, I definitely, um, there are lots, but there is also, as I say that, there are really a lot of people that do understand this and do consider it and are doing a really amazing job about this. I'm talking about kind of as a collective, uh, collectively as 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 a country or as people that are privileged living in a place like this um, so there is definitely I think this really really broad range from well, what is enough for a person and we have to consider the society and the location and where we live it, it, that's going to be different to someone that's living in a def- different country right but I think there's this huge range from the line which is enough there's this massive massive like range of of stuff and things that Gets consumed, gets done, gets purchased. So something, I I, I think that we have probably um, gone beyond this line of enough so far beyond it that we don't even know what it looks like anymore. In some instances, um, it's kind of a really hard concept to think about. Well, what do I need to what 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 do I need to be feel healthy and healthy and happy? Because and and this thing is this staff wanting these things and feeling like I have worked hard and this is I get to build a house now and I should be able to have what I want. And that is it's not our fault that we it's definitely not our fault that we feel like this. And I would never want to shame anyone for feeling like that at all. Because it's it's this it's the whole system that we live in. It's the capitalist society. We are constantly being fed messages that we need to have this to be. To feel good about ourselves, we need to buy this. We need to make it bigger. We need to have, you know, I think um, we all kind of understand it, but I don't think we actually feel it happening to us all the time, you know. So it's not our fault, but I think there is an opportunity to think about it, and um, if we think about, uh, you know, yes, you are. It's it's a great thing to think about. Oh, I'm going to do a renovation on this home, home or I'm going to build a home and this is my chance, you know, to have to create a great home for me and my family, I do want to make it sustainable because that's a great thing to do, that's an amazing chance to think about I get this opportunity, you know, I get this opportunity to do this. What am I going to do with that and how am I not only going to satisfy my, my needs and my family's needs and those who i welcome into my home, but how am I also going to contribute to, this, I guess, the greater good, or how am I going to somewhat lessen my impact without just it being directly to benefit of, to benefiting me? So putting solar panels on your house is excellent and that is a good thing to do. But um, we have an opportunity in the world at the moment to consider how we are actually really lessening our, our impact and how are we contributing to a greater good. And I feel, I think that if you really do that and you follow through with it, it can give you a really good sense of, ah, oh, that was my moment and my chance to do this rather than just, um, okay, I'm going to get as much as I can out of this and because I've, you know, this is my own, my opportunity. Does
0: that make sense? It does. It does. And it's a really good <laughs> explanation, I think, because it is that I, I find that a lot of homeowners say, "Well, I'm, it's mine is just one house, you know, it's just one house in all the houses that are being built. It really doesn't make that big a dent." And yet, all the stats show us just how much housing stock is going to be created between now and 2050, um, and what what we need to do to then also meet the um, the energy targets and the carbon targets that we've got uh, with that building stock and the contribution that the construction industry can make to um, at a residential level to um, to reducing the amount of waste, reducing the amount of carbon, reducing the amount of energy use. And, it, and a lot of it is through those upfront decisions. um, Unfortunately, what a lot of people do is they sort of go through the process of design and then start to apply these things sort of on to the finished home in terms of material choices and, you know, um, putting PV cells on the roof and those kinds of things, rather than actually making different decisions upfront in terms of building to suit the site, building less, you know, building better quality, building more sustainably and 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 having an approach to uh, creating a home that, like, I think that, I think that you've given people a really great way to, uh, to capture this into themselves, because it's about what uh, so much about our home creation comes down to sort of our identity and and how we want to represent ourselves to the world, and what we potentially um, want to put out there about who we are and what we what we value. And so if you do start with your values, if you do start and, and sit down as a family, as a couple, as yourself and start thinking about what is really important to you and, and recognise that being in alignment with those values is actually what is going to deliver you happiness and contentment and fulfillment, then your home being an external representation of those values becomes a really exciting way of actually, it feels to me like it just blossoms all these opportunities and openings into how you can then start making selections and choices for your home in terms of the people that you work with, the kind of design that you create Um, that just seems really exciting to me. And I I find that, you know, I know personally I go through phases where we're looking at renovating our place and it started with, you know, it started with adding things on. And now I've got to the point where it's like, no, I actually just want to work. The footprint is probably big enough for us. It's just badly planned. So how do we actually reconfigure the existing footprint without too much disruption to get what we need as a family to get this to work? And all of a sudden, I find that the more constraint I put, the more creative I become. And so it's that really great, exciting thing of, okay, let's actually have a look at this and, And But you do, I mean, I know personally where we live in the Byron hinterland, it's 30 minutes that I drive before I see a billboard. Whereas if I go to Brisbane and I wander around a big Westfield shopping town, I can see how you can be completely immersed in this imagery of what your life is supposed to look like and just not have any awareness of it. So I think that, um, Mm. yeah, having just having that pointed out is great.
1: Yeah, I guess with that... You touched on this before, which I don't think I really spoke to. I mean, I live and work in Tasmania. We're super lucky here because literally most of us out our front door is some nature. Not everyone gets that, right? Um, So I have to say I don't have direct experience working in those situations in super bigger inner city locations, but I still think you can apply those um, same kind of things because, If you consider your values, um, you're going to be, when you're thinking about your home, you can focus your budget or your available finances to the meaningful things, which hopefully gives you a little bit more breathing room, a little bit more scope to follow through with things that you would also like to do, such as going on weekend getaways to nature or the country because you may not be so financially tied up. Um, that's a big thing for people when we talk, and I talk with my clients about this a lot. And they come and talk to me because they go, "Okay, we want to do this or to have a house, but we don't want to be—we we don't want to borrow as much as the bank's going to give us because that means that we're both going to be working completely full time forever. But we've got all these other things we want to do. So if you can keep some buffer and some room or space in your, you know, if your financial capacity, then it might allow you to." Um, uh, live out some more of your ideal values. I think, I think that could be applied to just about anywhere you live. Um, as I said, don't have direct experience. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah, kind of where I come from that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I do agree. I think that, um, I think that for people in, there's people who live in suburban locations who, um, who I think try to create the home where they can just basically hang out and be all the time, but then they'll miss actually going to the park and meeting other neighbourhood families and those kinds of things or they'll miss, you know, walking down the street and interacting with other kids and and that kind of stuff. It's very... Uh, and I mean I can for every inner city home where somebody would probably say no that's just not possible for me I know of an inner city home where the homeowner has made this kind of choice to build less to have the money available for other things so I think it, it does it comes back to that assessment of your own values and you finding then the right team that's going to help you work in alignment with those. And that's it for part one of my conversation with Jane. Make sure you join me next time because Jane's going to dive into the specifics of how to actually make compact floor plans work for you, how they do that, what design strategies they use. It's going to be really helpful for you. She's also going to talk through how she keeps clients on track with those initial design and project goals. And then also some really great information about pre-designed floor plans that you can access via Designful's other business, Homeful which I'm really looking forward to bringing to you. Now, remember, you can access a free downloadable PDF transcript of this episode by heading to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 237. That's the numbers 237. I've got links there for you to learn more about Jane and Designful, and you can see some of the incredibly beautiful projects that they do. It's amazing work. They really have a great range of projects that you can review, so I encourage you to check that out. And... Be back next time for part two of my conversation with Jane. Make sure you tune in for that. As always, thank you for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Until next time, bye.